Period. Showtime, bitches. I'm always trying to spit on this joint. <laughs> Meanwhile, I don't freestyle at all. <laughs> you just gotta feel it. Everybody be saying they don't, they don't write no more. You don't got right. I had to write. I told you I'll be forgetting shit. You gotta just flow. Um, I don't know. Feel it. Believe it. Something like that. <laughs> feel it. Believe it. <laughs> Hello, Twisted Ones. Welcome to another episode of the Twist and Perception Podcast. I am your lovely host, Elle Marie. And of course, you know that I have a guest. And my guest today is Shaq. Welcome. Yeah. What's up? Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. Shaq is a loyal listener. Okay. Season I've been trying to get him on here for a minute. And we finally got our schedules to match up and work. So Better yeah. now than never. And I'm actually super excited that I got him here for this episode because we finna get real serious. Y'all know I always be playing around. I'll be talking a lot about sex and dating and relationships and shit. But today, we talking mental health vibes. And y'all better not judge me if I start crying on this joint. Look, they, uh, you know, all these things kind of encompass together mental health with the sex and the relationships. They usually are a cause for a lot of mental health problems. Child, that part. Or if you're having sexual dysfunction, you might have mental health issues. Mm. Probably according to the DSM-5 since I'm in school for psychology. I was about to say, the who what now? Yeah. That sound like a future album. You said Dirty Strike 5? <laughs> no, the DSM-5, it tells you about all the uh, disorders and all that extra shit uh, they got to do with psychology. Is, is that like um, the people who got all sorts of different egos and whatnot, all these different styles yeah, of Yeah, literally, like, everything is in there. Like, all the personality disorders, the mood disorders, the OCDs, the BPDs, the bipolars, all that shit is in there. And it's like, it gives you, like, an outline of, like, symptoms and what does it take for you to be diagnosed and causes and treatments and all that extra shit you know being homosexual was actually a part of the dsm-5 at some point and i think they just took it out in like, like 1984 shit check so, the states i'm sure you go down like arkansas it yeah, might still be there yeah it really might so yeah there's a lot of things that they think that you got mental health issues for that don't make sense but that's why a lot of people be diagnosed and it is what it is but I, I be thinking it's like a form of health in some way, right? Like, you know, even they say the uh, drug that was, I mean, the, the, the drug addict's addiction is a, it's a sickness. It's a yeah. mental health disorder. Of yep. Everything, everything is probably if you fucking like to hug too much, that's probably like a compulsive disorder or some shit. They find something for everything, yep. which I don't like. And I think that that's why I'm trying to get into psychology because i don't want to diagnose people i want to help them get through the things that they think they should be diagnosed with and they really don't be that a lot of times like there's a lot of people getting diagnosed with adhd like a lot of young boys but that's what boys do it's like diagnosing a puppy with adhd right like that's what they do they just jump that's the thing Right, like my dog Chloe, who's not here, our resident dog. She's not here today. She at my mom's house, so y'all don't got to hear me. Chloe the fuck. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I was. I seen the bed over there. I was going to say, like, all right, maybe, you know, this is a very quiet dog, an introverted dog. No, nah, she would have been jumping on you by now. No, nah, she at my mom's house. So, speaking of diagnosis, 
right? As I told y'all before, and I'm going to tell y'all again, I was diagnosed with BPD, which is borderline personality disorder. And I got diagnosed when I was, I want to say, like 27. I want to say 27. Yeah, it, it was between 25 and 27, which they do say that in your late 20s is when it starts its peak it it's enhanced. There we go. In your it 20s. ramps up. Yeah, it's enhanced in your twenties, and I definitely experienced that. It was a wild time for me. I was doing a lot of things that I'm not proud of, but you know, it's it's an impulsive type of disorder. So, before I I get into my disorder, so are you? diagnosed with anything or you just go through mental health well you know as a man we don't ever find out anything about our health Uh, so you know i get my checkups and find out that i'm not dying but uh i'm pretty sure just having spoke to some people that are either uh, professionals in the field i have been told that i have a lot of symptoms of ocd Mm. which I see it. I like to, you know, a lot of people can just come out of the window and be like, I'm this, I'm that. And right. they've never actually been diagnosed of it. So I am kind of afraid to even be diagnosed. Cause I don't want to just, I don't know, lean into it even more than I already do. Right. But uh, yeah, I got a lot of OCD type traits and, and quirkiness about me that certain people had to work around just because how I am. I may be a germaphobe of sorts, but I don't want to put that one on me. Cause I think that's more extreme. Like a lot of people, yeah. Don't do certain things that I would do, and they are considered German foods. But I do think the OCD title would fit a little bit, just considering, like, there are certain days. Are you one of those people <clears throat> that have to bring, like, your own sheets and stuff to a hotel or got to, like, Lysol the hotel? No, it's not like that. It's more so like an order thing. It's not a cleanliness thing. Okay. It's like. No, because you said germaphobe, so I had yeah, to make sure. As far as germaphobe, I don't like hugs, handshakes. I don't like. Just so many different things. Like I'm not gonna touch every doorknob. I'm not. I don't touch my own food when I eat. So while it's not the extreme of being a germaphobe, there is some. I don't. I don't want to call it crazy, but there is right. some like little craziness to my to my methods. And right. it's kind of like okay, there is something behind it. Maybe it's you know. Uh, I think it's all OCD. To be honest, I think the germaphobia kind of goes with the OCD. It does go hand in hand. I feel like because I know some people who are germophobia but also kind of give me ocd vibes and then shit like so let's say that you lost something but you didn't know that you lost it but you went like you got in bed and you're like wait where the fuck is are you gonna be able to sleep until you find it it would be only if i knew where it was and it definitely is a, a good example of it because like in my mind, and you could, you know, ask my team I work with at my office, I always say, I know where everything is in this building. Like, we got two floors, a bathroom, a backyard. I know where every individual item is. Same thing for my house. Like, my brother gets in my car and be like, what do you have all this stuff for? I'm like, yeah, I use this stuff every day. Right. Because, like, I, I don't, even if I don't, I just know where it's at. So I won't be able to sleep if I'm thinking, like, but where did that paper go? I know I had it on the table. My whole life is so ordered that it has to be there. Right. So if the paper is gone... I'm I'm struggling, and then that's going to lead me to think about everything else that I'm struggling with in life, but it, it's going to go right back to that. Like, there's certain nights that, or not even nights, more so in mornings. Thankfully, I don't have a job that, like, makes me go clock in at a specific time mm-hmm. anymore, but I can't leave my house without making my bed. doesn't matter what the obligation is. I could be running late, 
traffic, weather, whatever. It's like, nah, I got to leave the bed clean. It's like a, a poison to me at this point. That's kind of like a good habit to have, though. It is until Regardless you start realizing. If you're late. N- not even just the late, but like I can't control it. Like I'm literally looking at stuff like I know I got to go, but why am I adjusting I don't know the pencil that's rolling off the table. Why am I uh, putting the remote straight before I leave? Why why am I uh you know twisting the blinds? I don't, I'm not gonna be there for eight hours, and I'm over here putting the blinds up because it's just part of my quirky routine. Right, but I think um, I've learned that a lot of people have a routine. I'm a very routine person, especially in the morning time when I'm about to leave for work, mostly. So everything has to be the same way every day. So when I'm thrown off my routine, I think my whole mood is off. It takes me a while to adapt to certain things. So in the morning when Chloe is here, I have to make sure that I I call it Chloe proofing the apartment so Mm. she don't fuck my shit up. So if I leave the house and I haven't Chloe proofed the house, then I'm at work the whole day panicking like fuck. She probably scratching up my couch right now or it's fur on my couch because I didn't lay out her blanket and I know she going to get on there. I need to know what she's doing right now. I'm at work thinking about a million other things that don't got nothing to do with work because of one specific thing that I didn't do in the house before I left. And then some people be so stuck in them routines that they never truly live. And that that's going to result in another form of uh, poor mental health. Hmm. We got to get with our mental health, y'all. Please go see a therapist. I'm actually looking for a new therapist right now. I cannot be without a therapist because I will start slipping through the cracks like I have been a little bit these last couple of weeks, Um, especially with work and adapting to change or something not being in routine. Like if I know that I'm supposed to be at the front desk every day or I know I'm supposed to work the lab and draw blood every day, then it's like, when they tell me I had to switch up at the last minute, I'm like, why did nobody prepare me for this? And they probably looking at me like, bitch, just do your job. But it's just like, I needed a warning. So now my whole day, I got an attitude because y'all just threw me off. And this is not what I expected to do for eight hours. There's something to that. I mean, when, when we have an expectation and we come to do our part and then somebody throws it off, it's like, Hey, you didn't think that would be fair to, to tell me this. Right. You know, life ain't fair, but they could try. Like, you could try. Damn, you just screw me, right? Right. And y'all know I got mental health issues. Y'all know y'all got to warn me before I even come into the motherfucking building. So when I come in and I'm like, yeah, I'm about to do this. I'm logging in. They're like, oh, yeah, such and such called out today. I'm sorry. I thought you knew. So now you got to do this instead of this. And I'm like, bruh. Why didn't y'all like text me before I got here so I could mentally prepare myself on a ride down mm. so I can know what I'm about to do? And I think it's just little simple shit because y'all know I have issues. Right. But, th- but that's heavy what you said, mentally prepare. Right. Because like if we know ourselves well enough, we go in and look in that mirror every morning and be like, okay, I'll be tense as shit in the morning. I want to just get in, do the work, and not talk to nobody. But then they'd be like, hey, curveball, we need you to talk to everybody. You're doing something different today. Right. Like, okay, I, I was trying to be the best, man. Y'all just threw me way off. And, right. And, like, that ain't a, Yeah, and we got to roll with it, but that ain't on you. And some days that is true. Some days I really just don't want to be bothered, and I don't want to talk to people as much. So I can handle certain things. Like, 
answering the phone, you know, barely if it rings that day or just checking somebody in real quick. But when I had to, like, room a patient and then talk to them about why they're there and sometimes they want to talk to you about what they're going through, which I don't mind, but on the days that I really don't feel like talking, I'm just like, I'm kind of going through something too, so I can't even mentally wrap my head around what you're going through. And then I got to talk you through your labs because you're scared of needles or you're going to have an anxiety attack. So, yeah, y'all had to mentally prepare me, and I don't understand what would be the issue with that? Right. So we just had a meeting, and that's the first thing I brought up because I'm very big on communication. I have to – everything needs to be communicated to me. Got to express it. Especially if y'all know the night before because that way I can go to sleep, and when I wake up in the morning, I already know what my routine is mm-hmm. going to be that day. I feel but like I'm you, over it by then, too. It's kind of like, yeah, man, all right, I'm stressing tonight. Yeah. You sleep it off. So, you know, when you get a curveball thrown at you, I'm just like, mm. Now I'm going to have an attitude the whole day slamming doors and shit because I don't feel like this shit. So to get into the BPD of myself. So that was, that's what I got diagnosed with, and it's called borderline personality disorder. And y'all know I had to pull up the straight facts for y'all so that y'all could have the best learning experience. Now, this episode, because I've heard other episodes about mental health, And, you know, they had to do disclaimers. So I'm going to just do a disclaimer that this is not therapy. Okay, we ain't doing this is this is not professional therapy. Not yet. I ain't get my degree yet, but I got y'all when I do. Y'all could come see me. But, yeah, this is just, you know, educating y'all a little bit and just, um, you know, talking to y'all about the shit that we go through in our experiences on a day to day basis. So. It's a complex condition, and it affects how a person feels about themselves and others. BPD is characterized by intense, unstable emotions and relationships, as well as insecurity and self-doubt. So a lot of times, uh, people who have borderline personality disorder have no sense of self Like, they don't really know who they are or their identity. And so I think that I went through that a lot as I was getting older. But I didn't know what it was. I knew that I was someone. I knew that I was a person. But it's like, okay, who are you? Or if somebody was to say, tell me something about yourself, I would, like, have no fucking clue. Yeah, like, I have no clue of what the fuck I'm going to say because, really, who am I? So you have this this sense of self that really doesn't even exist. And for the longest time, I'm like, well, I don't really have one personality. I have like four. And I still live by that because I, when I wake up in the mornings, I really don't know who I'm going to be that day. I don't know if I'm going to be in a good mood, if I'm going to be in a bad mood, if I'm going to be depressed. And then the thing about borderline personality disorder, like, Bipolar disorder, it can last, like, days, you know, through your mania and depression. But borderline personality disorder, you can literally go through five different emotions in a matter of, like, an hour or even just minutes. Like, it's like, you know, your moods are literally just racing, swinging, changing every little bit that you can. And it's kind of hard, right, because you have relationships you have friendships you have work um depending on where you work at you may have patients you may have customers 
and you have to deal with other people. So when your mood is constantly changing, they're like, what the fuck is going on? And then you got to sit here and explain to people like, listen, I have a personality disorder and this is just how I am. And I think that my attitude towards it now is like, you either going to take it or leave it because I, I already know at this point it's not going to change much. Like, it, it is what it is. On the days that I'm, like, super depressed, I'll try to not associate myself with anybody, really, uh, because I know how I get, and I know that I'm just going to come off real blah and real monotone. And on the days that I that are manic or they call mania, which you're like euphoric and you're happy and you're feeling like you're the fucking queen or king of the world, then I also kind of try to stay away from people because I might like snap on somebody and get into a fight or some shit. So it's like levels to this shit and it's it's wild because it really fucks with your mind, but you don't know what's fucking with your mind until you know what's fucking with your mind. It makes me feel <laughs> crazy. Like in my mind, I'm just like, Leish, what the fuck? And then I'm thinking to everybody else that I'm coming off like I'm a crazy person. But it really is not that. I had to learn that it was okay for me to go through these things. It's a process, and people got to kind of understand who they're listening to when it happens because I always feel like, you know what I mean, you can step on somebody's toe and then ask them how they're doing. They're, they're not going to say good. Right. But you can ask them that five seconds later, oh, I'm good now. So it's like, you know, certain things develop in our minds to where, yeah, we're going to react a certain way at a certain time, and you just got to, you know, Judge everyone off of that type of deal where it's like, okay, if somebody's got BPD, give them a little more time to process some shit. Don't, don't just put, them, put the pressure on them right there and there and expect yourself to get the perfect response. Right? You might get yelled at. You might get a, a, all this affection and love, and you'll be like, oh, I thought that would be horrible news. But, you know, I guess it all depends. And I think that what I've learned about not even just BPD, but I want to say mental health um, disorders in general is that they are very, very sensitive. I know that I'm a super sensitive person, so I'm very easily triggered by small things. And then I've learned, I was watching some YouTube video with this um, psychologist. She's really good, and she specializes in BPD. So she was saying that, you know, there's two types of triggers for BPD, which one is like a standard trigger, and then the other one is... An emotional trigger. So standard triggers are, let's say that I'm sitting in traffic and I don't like being in traffic, so I'm pissed off now, and that's a trigger for me. Or I'm standing in line, but I don't have the patience to stand in line, so, you know, my mood is shot. Versus an emotional trigger, like if you're having an argument with somebody or somebody says something that triggers some type of trauma that you already have, so it hits you emotionally and you start crying or just ranting or just going or fighting sometimes Responding we yeah we general. sometimes we just go yeah without a thought i think that's uh what do you call it like the un you're not thinking the unprocessed thought is just reacting the, the impulsiveness of it all like i remember one time being in a club and i got pushed one too many times now we know when we used to be in a club prior to covid shit was just like you know it's a whole bunch Water of people wall. Of course, you're going to get pushed, shoved a little bit, but I think I had one too many pushes, and this was before I knew I had the BPD. And I was like, bitch, and I went to go snatch, sis, 
And my girlfriend at the time had to literally, like, pick me up and put me the fuck down because shit was about to get real. And that was just something impulsive. Like, I didn't even think about it or nothing. It was like, you know what? I feel like hitting this bitch just because she bumped me, even though she, like, she had no clue what the fuck was going on. She didn't even know why I hit her. (laughs) It was wild. That was a wild time. (laughs) I got to relax. I mean, but we grow from it, right? We live and learn. Now she learned not to be pushing and stepping on people or whatever. She's loving she might, stuff with. Right, she might catch some hands to the face. Once I started my healing journey, I started changing a bit. Like, I started thinking about things now. I mean, I still do impulsive shit, but just not as much as before. Impulse shit is fun, though. I mean, red flags be looking like six flags. <laughs> Having would. sex with multiple people, all that extra shit. Everything. Because it's just like, I don't know, the thrill. People watch thriller movies. People watch horror movies knowing that bad things going to happen. It's like, I want to see it, though. What does it say? Oh, people with BPD are often on edge, and they have high distress and anger levels, so they may be easily offended. Y'all heard me talk about that girl bumping me. They struggle with beliefs and thoughts about themselves and others, which can cause distress in many areas of their lives. Now... They most people will say they don't know what causes BPD, but I think, and also this website thinks <laughs> that BPD is caused by genetics, brain abnormalities, and or environmental factors. Which I feel like That's mine. The one I would think. Yeah, I think like mine was environmental factors. Um, so it says due to a wide variety of suspected risk factors, and it's hard to determine who will develop it. Is it hard? I feel like going to the hood. I don't think it's. I don't think it's that hard. Yeah, I feel like you go into these impoverished societies that are products of the environment. You're gonna find some people that don't know who they are because they've been living in survival mode their whole life. Right, and it's, it's funny that you say survival mode because one time I was having a discussion with someone about. The types of things that I've gone through. And so somebody else, you know, said, which is where I where I definitely stamp that BPD people are easily offended. But the person said, that's because you were raised off survival and not love. That shit threw me for a loop. Because how dare you the fuck <laughs> say that shit? I threw a whole fit. When I say a whole fit, I'm talking about screaming, literally probably about to throw shit even though I'm in somebody else's house. So I had to remove myself from the the whole situation and the whole environment as a whole because, yeah, I get it. Definitely raised off survival. Absolutely. But that's not something that you really throw in somebody's face. That you know are having a serious conversation about what they are going through or what they have went through. Yeah, I feel like you got to give people that lane to, if you don't know, you just can't, not necessarily make assumptions, but don't tell them about themselves pretty much. That's right. just going to make people react even more poorly. Right. Especially if you're saying something to somebody like, oh, I think you're crazy. How you expect them to react? Right, Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, but let me be so sane. Like, you already think the worst of me. I might have to give you what you already assuming anyway. And I think with these types of conversations, we have to realize that you don't know what the other person on the other side has experienced or been through or what traumas they have or, you know, if they've been raped, if they 
have been verbally abused, physically abused by parents, uncles, brothers, sisters, doesn't matter. So you can't just be inconsiderate or heartless when you're having these types of conversations. These types of conversations need to happen with somebody who has an open mind or somebody who can actually sit there and be like, you know what, I feel you, I feel that. I can understand where this anger is coming from or this pain is coming from. Not necessarily even if we've both been through it or just the fact that you could just understand me as a human being. Like, damn, I feel that that's real. Right, And then some people have that, um, I forget how to say it properly, but they they listen to respond and not listening to listen. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I do wish everyone responds. You should say your piece. But you could tell when somebody's just, like, trying to hear you out to immediately disregard what you say. But then there are some people that will literally listen. They, they can disagree completely, but it's like, oh, they actually listen. They heard me out. So people just feel better when they get to express a thought. Like, you don't necessarily even need to agree, but it's like, hey, I was sad. Boom, you feel, like, 1% better immediately, like, letting that out. But like, some people won't even let you get to that point because they just want to tell you, like, no, you're wrong. Like, you shouldn't be sad or don't really take out the time to really say, like, you know, why are you sad? And then there's the the saying of, um, you know, one person's tragedy or trauma or whatever may not be as bad as the next person. Like, somebody might tell you, yeah, you know, you're depressed, but at least you're not homeless. And it's just like. Meanwhile, there's probably people who's homeless is happy as hell. Right. I got a couple of patients that are homeless and they come in like shit. Ain't nothing to fuck wrong. Yeah, and it I'm could be like, bliss to them. Why the fuck am I depressed and you out here homeless just living your best life? But you know, everything you just have to take it as you get it and it's cool. It's cool to feel sad. And don't let anybody tell you that you can't feel sad or depressed or whatever because you have this, that, and the third. People go through different things. They go through different emotions. Like, some half the time I'm depressed, and honestly, I don't even know why. That's just how I woke up that morning, and I just feel sad. I feel blah. I don't feel like talking. I don't feel like getting out the bed. Is there a reason to this madness that I'm <laughs> feeling? No, not really. But somebody can't tell me, oh, you can't feel like right. that because you have a beautiful home. You have a car. You got a job. You go to school. Okay, that's all fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, when I'm depressed and I can't control it, that's the part that gets me because mm-hmm. I can't control it. You can't tell me how to feel. That's kind of fucked up. Right. And and I think when people tell you how to feel, we got to take maybe even a step back to acknowledge, are we accepting how we feel? Right. Like a lot of people will be in denial and respond certain ways. But it's also like, if you sad, just accept it. Be like, yeah, you know what? I want to be happy. I'm not, I'm not trying to be depressed. I'm not even going to accept that I am depressed. But... I don't feel like myself. Okay, take a take a slow day. Take a day where you can fall back a little bit. Maybe even to start expressing some feelings to people. But don't just, you know, shut it all out and expect that to be a good process. You do have to kind of acknowledge when you're you got to acknowledge when you're happy. Right. Like you got to live in these moments. You know, you you ain't going to have a birthday every, uh every year. Eventually they're going to expire. So right. when you having them birthdays, live in the moments, be happy. And the same thing for you know, when somebody passes, you got to live in the moment. Let them tears out right then and there. Right. Acknowledge when you're happy. Acknowledge when you're sad. And that way you can have probably, I'm not, I'm no expert, but I think you have a better hold of your emotions and other people will have a better idea of expecting your emotions. And I think that that's a good thing. Just even <clears throat> acknowledging what you're feeling at the moment. I know for a long time I would try to put off how I was feeling. If I'm feeling depressed, try to uh, mm, shove mm-hmm. it out. 
if I'm feeling happy, it's like, all right, cool, whatever. If I'm feeling sad, mm, bam. So it's just like, if I'm crying, oh, you can't cry today. Right. You got to do this. So for a long time, I would not have a hold of my, I mean, I would control my emotions, but not in a good way. Not in the sense where I know what's wrong and I'm dealing with it and I'm processing it, but more so I know what's wrong, but I'm running from it because I'm feeling that everybody else in the room is feeling like I shouldn't feel like this right now. Right. And that's where it's just foul. It's like, yo, y'all can't tell me about my life. And something I tell people all the time, be like, y'all don't live with me. Like, yeah, you might see this, that. You might have a perception of how I'm living, but, like, for all you know, I might have, like, severe health problems that I'm just right. not sure. For all you know, I might have severe financial problems, debts, gambling, you know, people trying to hurt me, whatever. Right. But it's like, you don't always share everything. And to just assume with the, and and I do think like let's say it's your significant other, a family member or something right. like that, that you're that you, you know, actively make them feel like they're close to you. If they don't know those things, I do think that it's like unfair to them because they should be in a position where they can be like, But nah, yeah, be happy because this and that. You know, there's certain people we gotta allow to let in. Right. And everyone should have them. Even if I, I and this is gonna sound crazy, even if you feel like you're surrounded by a bunch of snakes, you gotta try. You know, right. you got to, and you also got to be wise enough to say, okay, that person's a snake, fend them out. I'm going to go to someone else. And I'm going to, you know, not just be an open book to everybody, but you got to try to get this stuff out. And, and, and yes, therapy would be a great way to do it, but you also got to, you know, just be willing to express things with people that you see and that understand you. Basis, yeah. yeah. Whether it be your coworkers, your family, uh, you know, just your friends, they have to understand how you operate so you can pour things on their plate without them feeling like, oh God, this person again. Right. And I know that with men, there's, like, a heavy stigma about mental health. I feel like a lot of men feel like they can't feel emotional or they can't feel. Yeah, like, it'll automatically be, oh, why you crying? Like, that's that gay shit. Especially in Philly. And it's it's weird because we go through more than, and and I've traveled a lot of the country. I've been around the world a little bit. We go through more than anyone. Two right. steps in Philly is, 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 is five steps somewhere else. And, like, you know, that's slightly an exaggeration. But there's so much trauma when you just go down the streets and you see filth. So much trauma when you go to your schools and you got a poor education. So much trauma when you don't go home and see your parents because they work in both jobs. You got no food on your table. You're eating Elios or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, all this stuff develops to make it a real problematic society. All of our homies are dying. We got 500 bodies a year just from murders. That's not even counting COVID and health and whatnot. So... This city is a sad city. We're the poorest major city in the in the nation. Mm-hmm. So with all those things adding up, yes, go tell somebody that you fucked up. Go right. tell you whether it be your homie, whatever. Cry some tears. Stop stop holding them shits in because they just going they're gonna come eventually. Right. And like, man, I would say me and my homies got a, a pretty solid relationship to where, you know what I mean? I done you know broke down to all of them once or twice. Whether it be whatever. Ironically, one of them homies just texts me like right. it, it's just crazy because like when you do that. It, it, it develops a whole nother level of strength. And, yeah, that could sound cliche, but I feel like every time I done shed some tears, I came back feeling better after them. Like, oh, got that out of my system. And, like, this is going to sound crazy. You got to compare it to certain stuff. Like, when you're starving, you eat some food, you feel better after you do it. When you know you, you ain't, when you're tired, go to sleep, you feel better. You, you horny as shit, bust a nut. You, you come back, you feel better. Like, you got to get this shit out of your system. You can't just look, watch a movie and be like, oh, I'm toxic masculinity. I'm sad because I'm a movie. No, go look in that mirror and be like, damn, you know, my life kind of fucking hard. 
And if I ain't gonna talk to no one about it, I'm gonna talk to myself about it. I'm gonna get this cry out real quick. I'm gonna listen to some fucking, I don't know, J. Cole or something, whatever, make people feel emotional. And you gotta just flush that out because you're gonna be out here toxic as shit to people that you love, if not. Yeah, and that's the thing. And that's why I keep saying that it's okay to feel. Men, it's okay to feel. POC men, it's okay to feel. Oh, especially, yeah. Especially POC. Because I feel like, and the, the bad part is that we're bad on ourselves. It's us being hard on yeah. each other. Why do we have to be so hard on each other about our mental health issues when you know you're going through the same shit because we're living in the same neighborhood, we're looking at the same shit, we're looking at the same people dying? That shit definitely fucks with you mentally. And if it don't, you fucked up. Like, you, yeah, there are some people that really are savages that this shit don't affect them, but something does. Like, I don't care if you say, all right, I lost so many homies, I'm numb to that shit. But, yeah, when you, you got, your emotions are triggered somewhere else, your girl break up and you're you going to lose your fucking mind. Or Absolutely. maybe, I don't know, your kid spills something on the floor and, you, and that's the trigger for you. Right. And you always can't control it, but you do got to acknowledge that, like, yeah, I got some shit that, that I got to work on, too. Or some shit that I got to acknowledge and address. You know, you can't deny that these things people got mommy issues people got daddy issues people got issues because they fucking cousin might have did something with them back in the day like right. and i'm not even saying you gotta you know speak up on all of them but you do gotta you know you can't run from these issues that's that's right. more or less what it is if you gotta sit and cry about it it ain't really gonna help but it ain't gonna uh do you any good if you just ignore and avoid and i think that that's what it is i think that if you just have a solid group of people it don't even have to be a solid group Honestly, even if you have one solid person mm -hmm. that you can talk to about this shit that you know not going to judge you, just a solid homie, your homie right. that you talk to all the time, y'all talk about everything the fuck else, y'all need to start not opening even. up to each other. I feel like that's one, but to be honest, I'm going to say for men, because men got this phobia of that's gay if I, or, or they, they, they ratting if they talk too much about their life or something like that. Find you a friend that don't live near you. That's somebody that is unbiased, no perspective on what you really go through, but is just there to, to listen. Right. Somebody that's just there to hear what you're going through. And, and I'm telling you, it's going to be a world of difference because people be so shocked. Oh, you live like that over there? And then next thing I know, they give me whole mental health talks just because they be like, oh, that's not normal. Right. That shit y'all deal with out there is not normal. And a lot of people could do, obviously, definitely get it, get in touch with your close friends. If you could trust them even a little bit, you should be able to filter out what you can and can't tell them. What is your business and what's too much business? But you got to be, be able to respond emotionally and be in touch with these emotions to where you don't got to feel like you're saying too much. You're just saying enough to clear your own mind. Right. And that's the thing that we have to start clearing our own minds. Because if we don't clear our own minds, then where the fuck is we going to be at? We're going to end up at a mental health institution like Friends. And then we're going to be even more fucked up. Like who wants the fuck to be there? Trust me. We're going to end up just consistently pushing back these um these milestones of happiness. Where it's going to be like, oh, I just need to do this, and then I'm good. I just need to do that, and then I'm good. Mm -hmm. But, like, along the way, you got to acknowledge, like, hey, yeah, I did take an L. I'm setting myself back. I'm, I'm falling back for a week. Or, you know what I mean? And, and even, like, you might got to make adjustments to say, all right, some people might need to add therapy to their schedule. Some people might need to... Stop Stop doing something they do Dude, this, this drinking ain't helping you You're going out drinking every day to fight off the depressants Child. Meanwhile, you're turning into a worse person Yeah Even, um, and, and, and there's so many different examples of that I would say too Like some people will I don't know, some people cheat 
they'll, they'll be so mentally broken that they go cheat and they think mm-hmm. that they're doing a, like something good for themselves where it's like, nah, bro, you're, you're running. You're running from the real issue. Go tell that woman you don't love her no more. Right. Like, even if you don't know what's going on within you, you might have to say, yo, I can't be with you because I feel so unhappy that I don't know what to do other than cheat. Right. And, and you might get lucky and you might have somebody say, oh, you need time to work on yourself. Okay, I respect that. You communicated it. And then you feel that relief. You don't got to feel that like guilt no more. You can, you can come back quick probably. Yeah, and I think that that's the thing with women. A lot of times we really just love the communication and we love to hear stuff. Sometimes men don't tell you what they're going through or what's going on in their head. And then is that impulsiveness that you just do whatever the fuck you feel like in a moment that you think is going to make you feel better and it really doesn't. And that's why I like that you touched on the whole alcohol thing because at some point I was drinking damn near every fucking day. It wasn't like 10 drinks a day, but even if it's just one or two because I'm trying to run from my problems, like this is not it. This is not normal. Drinking and smoking and just oh, I got to get high to balance out the lows. I hate that shit. I really hate that line with my life. Not because um, people can't get high, like it is what it is, but it's just the fact that at some point we all feel like we're just running from something Mm -hmm. instead of just facing these issues head on, which we should be doing because this is what's going to make us a better person. And and, and I think a lot of times, like say drinking, even smoking, like, yeah, you might be getting your mind off it, but, like, I did that before where, you know, I'm going through something. I'm trying to get something off my mind, so I go drink. I go hang with certain people. We party, whatever. But I've, I came to realize I was doing the same process but just in a different state of mind. So, yeah, I got drunk, and I felt a little looser, a little happier, maybe even a little more confident. But if I'm if I'm going through a breakup, I'm over there like, yeah, man, you know, I don't, I'm good, though. I'm still talking about her, though. I'm still right, talking about that. Right. Or I'm still talking about that, that frustration at work. But the point is I got a better perception on it now. So it's like, yeah, occasionally you might, you know, hit the bottle to get that good feel, but that shit is within you. Like, it's something that you're going to be able to pull out of yourself to say, oh, I just needed to – I mean, get, get this out, essentially. I just need to, uh, you know, put it in a better state of mind. Yeah, you, you're you allowed to be hurt over something, but that don't mean you got to go drink it away. You got to process it. Heavy processing vibes. And I think that I've also done that, like, just getting up, going out, going out with my friends, going to go party, going to go drink, whatever the case may be. But you know what the kicker of that is? That when you're alone... Your mind races, you start spiraling, and all the shit that you've been running from just starts to attack you, fucking problem by problem, just hitting you, just bam, bam, bam. So now you're thinking about all the shit that's going wrong in your life, all the shit that already happened, the shit that you think is going to happen, how life is going, and then you're going down in the downward spiral, and now you're depressed, where you could have just been honest from the beginning, And just told somebody how you was feeling. I'm learning that now because the other day I was just telling my girlfriend, you know what? I feel like I'm getting depressed and I don't know why because I'm completely happy. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm healing. I'm in my healing journey. I do understand it's still going to be ups and downs and I'm not going to be my best every day. But something is going on in me that I guess I just had to say it and get it out. And it honestly prevented me from falling into the depression. Usually I won't say anything at all 
And I just let it happen because I'm like, what the fuck is going to happen anyway? But this time I had a different outlook on it. We all need to realize is also the outlook that you have on stuff is how it affects you. Absolutely. It's kind of like, I mean, it's all brain power, psychedelic trip. You go into a trip and you got a bad state of mind, you might have a bad trip. But if you go into it good or even just normal, you will be, uh, you know, advanced to a good trip. You will be in a good space, a good state of mind. Good things will happen in your brain. And when you don't do those, you know, just natural routines of being able to express yourself and whatnot, you're going to have a lot of stuff just trapped in there. And it's, and it's not coming out until you do something about it. Have you felt like you lost anything, like, throughout the years, um, even just being open with how you're feeling mentally? Every day. Like, you know, just as you develop into, I don't want to say routines because I feel like routines you can get stuck. But, like, as you just develop, develop into things that you realize you really like. And, you know, obviously, as you grow older, every year has got different challenges. But it's like, okay, I'm at a point I'm about to be 30. I've, I got the job I want. I got the house. I got the you know, funds, whatever it is. So it's like. Why Why would I ever have a bad day at this point? I feel like I got everything I want, but it's like, okay, you got to reassess what you really want, what you really enjoy, what, what is exciting. And also the level of expectation has to be readjusted. Um, like you can go into certain things knowing that you're going to be the good communicator, but you got to do that for you. Right. Like I, I say I, I was having a conversation before we started about what I want. If I'm going into a situation that's risky or, or, or you know, some got some red flags, I got to remember that that's what I wanted to do. So I can't complain. Well, I can, but it wouldn't be wise to complain about the bullshit that comes with it when it's like, bro, I signed up for it. Right. So, you know, just be really being able to acknowledge things, process through it, you know, whether it be for the better or for worse, and being able to overcome because you could really get stuck. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in the past couple of years, whether it be – I lost my dog. That shit set me back like none other. And then in the mix of that, you throw in some issues with, with losing, you know, females I was talking to, losing mm-hmm. friends I was, you know, dealing with, losing uh, technically, you know, yeah, losing life of family members, but also just losing re- relationships with family members. Right. And relationships are just such a key part of it where it's like certain people you're not going to for certain things. All right, yeah, we I come to you for the podcast. I'm not, I'm not about to hit you up. Be like, hey, you know how I can get my motorcycle license? There, You would go to somebody that has a motorcycle most likely. But, like, you don't want to be going to the well too many times screaming, you know, crying wolf if I keep making the people around me feel like I'm a, I'm a miserable person. Absolutely. You got to be able to say, like, hey, I'm still me. I'm still good, but I'm limiting how much I'm giving to you and giving it to some other people here and there because – I, I got to get out of this hole, and I don't want to be looked at as like, you know, oh man, don't don't invite him. Every time he comes by, he's grumpy or he's sad or some shit like that. It's like, nah. When you are in those moods, fall back. Don't expect you know you, yourself to be your best self. Give yourself right. that grace. And I think that everybody needs their own time and space. That's why when you are in a mood, heavy fallback vibes. I do it all the time. People be like, you know, Elmarie just disappears, but that's what I have to do for me. And the people who are close to me already know how I get and when I need my space so they don't take it personal. They're ju- they just check in on me like, hey, you good? I know you probably just, you know, just need your space. You healing right now. You might be meditating. You might be saging your house. But, you know, just checking on you, your Check-ins mental. Are great. Yeah. Check-ins are amazing. I Especially when love- done the right way. Yeah, I love people who check in on me and I check in on others all the time. I have to make sure that you're okay you know, mentally when you disappear. Because sometimes people's silence says a lot. Yeah. And, and and you can, like, think that the silence means, like, they don't fuck with you no more. It could right. mean that they're miserable and you need to reach out right now. Right. 
And I think, you know, as just people who have access to these cell phones, to social media, we got to stop being afraid to check in on people. And, yeah, some people don't do it too often. Don't blow up their spot. But if we ain't heard from somebody in a while and I don't care if they never burned a bridge with you and that was your friend and y'all still connected in some way, shape or form, whether it be y'all live in the same city, y'all follow each other every now and then just be like, yo, you good. If you sent something, you know, sometimes you don't got to say shit because they got people in their corner. But certain people, they drop hints all the time and and you may overlook it. Like somebody said to me the other day, be like, you're always busy. And that shit kind of bothered me because it's like, you really don't know. Right. I'm always active. Like, what you want me to do? Stay home, be bored? I live by myself. Just because you see me being busy, did you ever ask when I wasn't doing something? Because you could get in on it. And and also, it's like, why will people make an assumption of anything? You know, it's not always as true as what we see. It's not as beautiful as it seems. You got to just occasionally be like, hey, I see you're so busy. Are you exhausted? Or I see you never do nothing. You don't. I, I don't even see you post anything. Or I, I never hear from you. Are you okay? Or even just you could be on some subtle shit. How's your kid? How's your mom? And as long as you're not about to, you know, try to follow that up or you try to fuck, that is a genuine approach. And even if this person don't respond back to you, just know you did that for you. You got that off your conscience that you really are you caring. And, and, and you, you deserve that on the other end as well. Like, I think a lot of people forgetting self-worth and, and value and whatnot. What did you put out to others? Like, yeah, you could be great for yourself, but I know damn well I'll go through my phone book a couple times a month seeing the names. Oh, I ain't talked to that person in forever. And, you know, let me let me just see what's up. Let me see. And, and I'll do some other stuff where I'll just be like, yo, bro, I ain't talked to you in a minute. I seen you just, you know, completed that job that you was doing for the last three months. Appreciate you, bro. You really killing it, man. I love you. Like, you know, just as simple as that. No need. You don't need to respond. Yeah, it be it be the little things. I do love check ins, and I also love when people just acknowledge what I'm doing, or if I'm bettering myself, and just be like, you know what? It's a different aura about you. It's a different energy because I do that to people all the time. There's one thing that I try to do every single day, and that's at least give three people a compliment a day. Oh yeah. I, I love compliments. They make me feel better. Right. And it could be something so simple. Like, it don't even got to be like, oh, my God, you so cute. You so handsome. I drive lifts from time to time. So if somebody gets in my car and I can feel their energy because I'm heavy, I feel energy and vibes and auras, and I feel like that person's energy is all that without them even having to say a word, I'm like, you know what? Your energy is everything and I can feel it. And they'll be like, really? Why? Like I I said that to some girl one time. She was like, oh my God, you know, I really been trying. So it's nice that you said that. And then we just started busting it up and having a whole conversation. Like we've been friends for 10 years. Sometimes you don't know what a person is going through or what they're trying to heal from what traumas they got going on what journeys they're on and sometimes people just need to hear even if it's from a stranger like yo your energy is Mm -hmm. the shit you look good i don't even know you like that but your shit popping like i see you working every day unfortunately the ones that are claiming you know uh what do you call influencers and whatnot Mm -hmm. those people are damaged and like i mean (laughs) a lot yeah i'm I'm saying that just as a straight up i think a lot of the just the influencers they they got a lot of issues themselves but i'm gonna say the um the entrepreneurs, the people who are really doing stuff, leading things, they got so much pressure on their backs that no one ever thinks to ask them, how are you doing? Do you, and, and, and they don't really want you to say, hey, do you need help? They want you to say, like, hey, you, uh, you want to just vent? Because they ain't got nobody on their level that they feel like they could comfortably share those things with. I was talking to a business owner who has, what, 26,000 followers, and we barely connect. 
But she was just saying like, yo, I like having an unbiased party to 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 vent these things to because no one else can understand. Right. And it's not even that I can ex- actually understand, but it's more so saying like, yo, no one's willing to listen. Yeah. And, and you know, like maybe you know, because they got a ton of people around that say they love them, but like. You think Jay Z and Diddy got people that that are like you know checking in on them that, that on that level because they probably feel ins- insuperior to to be like, hey Diddy, are you okay? Like, these these might be really scarred individuals that no one has ever checked in on. Or you don't even know what the fuck they going through because you're just like, oh, you know, they got the fame and the house and the money mm-hmm. and blah 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 blah, so they should be good. And surprisingly, it be the people with the most money and the most fame that really be fucked up. Money don't buy happiness. Money buys sure opportunity. Don't. Money yeah. buys. A lot of great things that can buy you temporary happiness, but it does not, you know, it doesn't heal happiness. you. There you go. Yeah, that's way it better. It does not heal you. Because, yeah, I, I, matter of fact, I like that way better. You can buy happiness for someone. You go on a vacation, I'll be happy. But right. I ain't, I'm not healed. I'm going on that vacation because I was broke. I'm, I'm going to go on that vacation, but I might be depressed still when I come back. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff you do. You know, could be a reaction to the depression. Let's say you're around a bunch of broke people. You can't tell them that you got this issue because they're gonna be like, "Man, if I was you," right? And it's like, but you're not. You don't get it. You right. gotta, you gotta live. You know, walk in these shoes. It's a different set of problems. More money, more problems. Because money will solve your problem, right? Right. But it's not solving my shit. Yeah, but and, and that's why they say, you know, you gotta be careful who you choose to bring around, with even family members, down to who you select to be in a relationship with. Everybody. You can think, hey, yeah, I'm making this person happy because I'm buying them all this stuff. But in reality, not only are you getting used, you you are, I mean, you don't even got to be getting used. But you're doing something for yourself more than you're doing for them. And you don't even recognize it. Like, you you may have the desire to be needed uh, or, or, or leaned upon, something of that nature. And that's positive and so, for me when it's your kid or something like that. But if you're trying to, you know, buy value for yourself, it don't work that way. So I said that I was going to bring the... Unpack that therapy in a box questions back. I like this. Yeah, I, Do I need to lay down on the sofa for this or something. Do I need Probably, to uh, blame my mom? How does that make you feel? All right, I might use the word bitch, y'all. I'm sorry, didn't mean to, but trigger. Mm. Okay, this is a good question. What habits are you proud of, and which do you want to change? Mm, it's the same one. It's the aggression. I'm very proud that I react with aggression to almost everything because sometimes you need to be passionate, you need to stand on things. But that goes way too far sometimes. Like, I don't like that when I, uh, I, I'm very good with words. I'm a good communicator. I will verbally abuse somebody and not feel bad about it in the moment. But even though I was right, I still walk away. Like, I had an interaction where I got kicked off a plane the other day, but they didn't kick me out the airport, so I know I was right. I told the person as I'm walking away, I'm like, I still hope you have a good day. And she said something that was just sarcastic in response. I'm like, that shit burned me up. So it's like, I want to get to the point where it don't matter no more. You right. know what I mean, I got to work on that aggression to where, yeah, I'm, I got the tough exterior, but the things that are, that are deflected back to me, they're not burning me up. They're not sitting with me. Let's see. What habits am I proud of? I think the habits that I'm proud of really right now is the fact that, one, I do that thing where um, I give people compliments I also like the fact that I meditate and I also like the fact that I'm a like I'm a person who checks up on people a lot. Like even if you're not checking up on me, there's just something in my spirit that causes me like I have to check up on mm-hmm. you. 
I can't not do it if my spirit is telling me to, regardless of if I'm fucking with you right now or not. It's because it's you speci- care. It's, yeah, I'm a very caring person, especially if I had a dream and it wasn't a great one. Or even if I'm just dreaming about you in general and I haven't talked to you for months, I think it's time for me to be like, you know, put my pride to the side and just, all right, I'm going to just hit them up. It is what it is. I love that because people, they never will admit it, but they like to be thought about. They They like to be considered. Any habits that I want to change, probably that anger that I be feeling towards things and people sometimes just the way that I react impulsively to certain things I get fucking super upset hmm would you rather be loved respected or admired damn all right I feel like I'm definitely admired so I'm, I'd rather be loved like admiration is cool but that's probably I mean I'm not trying to like gas myself up but that's probably what celebrities go through like yeah you can talk the big game but I don't know you right when when somebody I look I've uh you know I got a great relationship with a lot of my family. I know they love me. My homies, I've seen them do uh, I've had surprise birthday parties to the point where like, you know, your boy is out here crying endlessly. Right. But I've also seen like just different forms of love, whether it be um, you know, strangers doing a little acknowledgement or someone holding a, a conversation way longer than they intended to. And they're not literally saying, like, they love me, but it's like, damn, I'm really getting somebody that your energy has like stuck with me. First of all, I'm definitely heavy loved. And honestly, I feel like I'm admired on the low. I feel like I'm one of those people that they, some people will say it and then other people won't. I have a mixture of all three right now. I feel like they definitely go together. They definitely go hand in hand. I mean, honestly, if I was to choose between the three, if I had none, I would definitely say loved. Because love would take you to hella fucking places. Right. I'll definitely say that. And the respect one throws me off a little bit though, because I feel like a lot of people will uh, appreciate or uh, what was the first word? Um, it, pretty, it was pretty much appreciate gratitude or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like they'll look at you in that light and think that because they're acknowledging you that mm-hmm. they're respecting you. But it's like, for example, I do a lot of community work. People will be like, "Oh, you do so much good stuff." All right, you're admiring, you're in admiration. If you respected it, you will be out there with me. So I could see how all three of them would definitely go hand in hand. What are you most grateful for? What am I most grateful for? I think that I'm most grateful for, I'm going to say my support system because that's what holds me together. That's what keeps me from going off the edge. And as sad as it is to say, it keeps me from wanting to kill myself, like having Mm. suicidal thoughts and stuff. I know that if there was one thing that my therapist taught me was to make sure that I had, he called it like a panel. That when I'm going through something or I'm feeling a certain type of way, that I have those three people that I can go to. So if I'm feeling this or I'm depressed or I just want to talk or vent, I know exactly who to go to. Of course, thanking God, the universe, for waking up every day and breathing. So definitely grateful for that. But my support system plays a really big part. How about you? That that was definitely going to be essentially my answer. I got two. But I'm going to uh, go with the Snoop Dogg style answer most. I'm most grateful for myself. Like, not to be corny about it, but, like, been through enough shit that I got myself out of that I really got to look in the mirror and be like, yo, I did that. And you know I what I mean? respect that. Honey. There was a lot of uh, overcoming, unlearning, and just, like, private bullshit I had to do. And it still happens every day. But you know what? I always say, like, 
when I when I vent to my friends, I will make sure to remind them, yo, I am not suicidal. Like I love life. I'm never gonna, you know, leave this place. But I do wanna like say that I you know, this shit tough, man. Right. You know what I mean, I ain't I ain't gonna quit though. All right, then we got if you could change anything about how you were raised, what would it be? Damn that that one. Don't cry. Here we go, y'all. This the moment we all been waiting for, huh? Um, I'm not gonna say that my parents were bad. They also were divorced at a very like when I was very young. Uh I came I was born in Puerto Rico, but we came to Philly when I was two. So I've been raised in North and O R F. Um, I've been raised in North. So, you know, I've seen a lot of shit, heard a lot of shit. And my mom had to literally, my dad didn't come with my mom. So he stayed in Puerto Rico and he still actively lives there. So my mom had to literally like bust her ass to make sure that we had everything. And I feel like as far as materialistically, me and my sister had everything. We did. But as far as me having a mother, it's, it just was me having a caregiver. Like, like, yeah, she's my mom, but I didn't have that person that I could talk to about everything. And also she was like super, super strict. So I couldn't leave the house. I couldn't do certain things. And then once she got um, a certain boyfriend or whatever, it was a little annoying because he would like put shit in her mind. He definitely had mental health issues. He just would never, you know, acknowledge it. But he would say like, oh, you know, she's in high school. She's probably having sex. She's going to get pregnant. Blah, 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 blah. And then here I am at 30, still no kids. Um, Of course, like my stepson, but no kids that I've had on my own. So it was just like he was putting a lot of shit in her mind. And so my mom would literally like lock me down. And we had this parenting where she's like, oh, I'm not supposed to be your friend. I'm just supposed to be the person who disciplines you. But Mm. also I needed you to be the person who loved me. I needed you to be the person that yeah that comforted me that cheered me on that was there for every diploma every graduation every homework problem you know I needed you to be more than just hey I'm at work for 16 hours busting my ass making sure that y'all got this this and this y'all have a relationship with y'all parents that I don't and honestly I would have rather had that then all these materialistic things. I never had to complain about nothing. I always had what I wanted, but that just wasn't enough for me. And it fucked me up mentally because my mom still, like we still clash. We still get into these arguments where she really just doesn't understand where I'm coming from. And she thinks that my anxieties and depression and all this shit is just made up in my head. And I'm not supposed to feel any of this. And she thinks that me being on anxiety meds is a joke but really me being on anxiety meds has really helped me a lot with my anxiety it was times where I couldn't even drive lift because I have social anxiety and general anxiety and I will be like oh my god somebody's getting in my car my heart will literally be beating crazy I'll start sweating I can't talk I feel like I'm freezing and they probably over there like what the fuck is wrong with this weird ass bitch (laughs) not knowing that is my anxiety and that was before I got you know on meds and now I could do live full time for real and I'm having full-blown conversations with them like you anxiety causes you 
all this fear. I just wish it was better on the aspect of even just like listening and caring and not being more so like verbally abusive. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a heavy one because you want to be heard. Especially right. in your own house. That's the place you're supposed to be heard the most. And I feel like verbal abuse, like, yeah, physical abuse is, is crazy. And, and definitely it gets in your head. But verbal abuse, it causes you to have, like, low self-esteem and mental health issues at such a young age. Like, mm-hmm. I've been seeing therapists probably since I was a kid. But here I am at 30 just now realizing who I am, how to accept myself, how to love myself, how to really be grateful for all the things that I have at 30. Well, really, I guess more so 29, but between 29 and 30 was a really big transition for me. And I feel like it shouldn't have taken me this long. Mm. What about you? What would you change about so, you being raised differently? I, t- I kind of take this question a couple different ways. Like, I want to put it on myself more than my people because, I don't know, I feel like, can you really change anything? But, um... One would be um, I would like to have more like uh, closer. The one I would put on myself, I wanted to be closer with my sister. Like I would say, like that would have made the house a little stronger for real. For real. my brother, I like, had a great relationship with my older brother, so like I probably could have actually made an effect if me and her would just made sure we were we close. But we we could have been even better if we was closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, there's a couple other ones. I would say one that I can't change would be I wish we had more family dinners on my mom's side. Like there was no, she, you know, not trying to put her down, but she never cooked. It was never a sit down with her. It was usually like, okay, you know, my brother, his girlfriend, the family, my aunt and the family, you know, my mom would pop up late. You know, she's working. So it's not like she just was dissing us, but right. I really wish that would have changed because we would have known each other by now. You know, we would have a way different relationship. Another thing I would uh, add in was kind of on me, which would have been a burden for me, but, like, I wish I, I'm very much, like, if you're, com- well, specifically my mom, she giving me slack, I'm just going to stand there and be like, okay, you done yet? Like, not on some disrespectful, but, like, just just say what you got to say. Right. And I kind of wish, even though she would have not communicated well with me, at least, you know, because who, who she is now. But I feel like I would have done myself a couple more favors in the future by expressing a few extra things. Instead, I just kind of was like, you know, it is what it is. And that didn't exactly help. But the most important one I would say, that <laughs> if I had to pick one out of all those, would be I wish I just engaged more with my grandparents. They, Some of them are still around. I still got both my grandmoms. But my grandfather was a really wise, emotionally intelligent man mm-hmm. that I didn't acknowledge. I used to think he was just a funny guy. We were cool, but, like, man, when he was, you know, had his wits about him, I would have loved to express more of what I was dealing with with my mom to him or even just telling him how I looked up to my pop because he, he would, you know, always gas up, yo, your dad's the coolest dude. And then, you know, my mom, he'd be like, yeah, you know, sometimes she's like this. He had the answers. And I would go to him, but I feel like it would have processed me better now if I would have just early enough got to him with some of the things that I was really feeling, instead I was like, that's ah, no big deal. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Like, honestly, I'm 30, and, yeah, my mom knows me as her daughter, and she knows certain things about me, but does she really know me? Because we've never really sat down to have a conversation. You know, if somebody was to say, what's your daughter's favorite color? I don't even think that she would know no simple-ass shit like that. Like, it's it's... That's a it's sad yeah, it's mad wow you know it is what it is and i think with um 
this conversation that we're having about that, uh, I was listening to Landrell earlier. I'm about to put all of y'all D. Landrell is a dope ass human being. Really fuck with Landrell. So there's this song. Um, it's called Vibrate Higher. And I wanted to quote something from the song that he said, which was reversing all my curses, walking in my purpose, doing it on purpose. Mm. What? That's some deep shit. Because I feel like that's what I'm doing right now. I'm reversing all these generational curses. You know, my mom and my grandma weren't close. And then her mom and her mom weren't close. I'm trying to change all that. So whenever I have a kid... Hopefully next year, God willing. Um, I want to have a solid relationship with my kid because I'm trying to reverse this generational mm-hmm. curse of not being like emotional with your kids and not, not even knowing who they are as a person. So, yeah, definitely heavy walking in my purpose right now. And I'm doing it on purpose. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I want to heal myself. And another quote was, Transfiguration out of stagnation. She remember who she was. That's a daily affirmation. Boom. Definitely me every day when I wake up and I'm like, you know what? I'm that bitch. You that bitch. Who that bitch? I'm that bitch. And it has to be a daily affirmation for all of us. You look in that mirror every day is a daily affirmation. Remember who the fuck you are. Right. Remember. Period. That. There's a reason that you are you. There's a reason you got friends. There's a reason that you got an active phone line because someone is checking for you. Yeah, somebody definitely heavy checking for you. So make sure that y'all keeping up with y'all friends, with y'all family members. Shit, sometimes people that you even just see on Instagram and y'all always liking each other posts. Those are my favorite people to keep up with. You're one of them for real, for real. Now that yeah, I think about it. Yeah, I keep up with you a lot too. That's why I randomly hit you up like, yeah, hey, what's up? What you and doing? That, and that's what how I got to be for real. For I think either the random people we come across on Instagram, you realize they damn near like family. You've been collecting these people and your followers for so many years. Right. You know, ev- not everything, but you know so much about them. And you, you know what I mean? It's really nice that when you reach out. Matter of fact, so my name is uh, Shaq Rose with an underscore in the middle. There is an actual Shaq Rose with no underscore. And I remember because I used to make music when I made that name. Oh. And um, this was six years ago or whatever. Me and the actual Shaq Rose connected. She lives like somewhere in super duper North Canada. Oh. And this is one of the coolest people I ever met. Like, well, I had never met her. She told me the other, like a week ago or something. Random message. I hadn't talked to her in maybe a year and a half, two years. And she said, you're doing so well. I really love watching your stories. I'm like, yo, we have no connection. You never need to tell me that. Right. But the fact that like us strangers just connected over a name that shit meant the world to me because it's like you got no. You could tell me I'm a piece of shit. You could right. tell me you hate all my thoughts, but instead she told me something great, and it really did move me. That's a really good part of social media. Like I know we look a, down a lot on social media, but sometimes people are watching you that you don't even know are watching you, and they're like, "Damn, you know, one day I'm gonna really tell them they the shit. I see you doing well, blah blah blah, whatever the case may be." And I do that a lot to people. I'll randomly just message people and be like, listen, I ain't trying to be weird. Not trying to say that I've been stalking you or anything, but I've been seeing you on the timeline and I see you. Like you doing a damn thing and people appreciate that shit. They really do. They need it. 365 days a year. It's hard to notice change when you're doing it actively. Right. But when some people are never told what they've been doing actively is impressing someone. 
it's going to change their whole perception. Like, oh, you noticed that I've been cooking lately? I've been right. eating better? Right. Damn, I didn't even notice it. Like, right. they might have been on their 20th day of developing the habit, and you just push them over the top to say, like, yeah, keep going. You, yeah. I see you. And people need that motivation. As much as people say they don't need nothing but themselves, sometimes you really need that little extra push. I know I be needing it. Sometimes people be like, yo, you know, your locks are doing great. Your hair is getting longer. I see, you know, you're happy. You got a girlfriend now. You've been eating healthier. Oh, you're losing weight, this, that, and a third. So it's nice to hear this type of shit from people. Make sure that y'all telling people shit. It's vital. Y'all like, hear me? Like, I'll, I'll give one quick example, which is I got my eyebrows done not too long ago, right, for someone because they suggested it. Someone I was, you know, feeling. And then they ain't never see them shits. For whatever reason, they ain't never see him. So I was fucking a little empty on it. But then some friend, completely, you know, uh, a non-flirty compliment, was just right. looking in my eyes and was like, oh, my God, that looks great. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I was literally the kind of seeking out that attention and unbiasedly you gave it to me. Yes, I feel, I feel fulfilled. You may not have gotten the acknowledge from the person that you wanted it from, but you still got acknowledged. Yeah. And it flips the script. It makes it for you at that point. It's yeah. like, oh, you someone does like it. Fuck who likes it. The point is that was a good suggestion, and I could put that in my uh, my toolbox now and work with that. Right, and I feel like for a long time I was just expecting to hear certain things and certain acknowledgments from my mother that I wasn't getting, but I was getting from other people. And at first I just couldn't understand. I'm like, you know, I really want it from my mom or I really want it from my dad. I'm not understanding why I'm not getting it from the people I want it from. But even just getting it in general, it just was making me feel good. And I'm like, well, at least someone is noticing. Somebody cares and it'll push me to continue doing better. And honestly, now I kind of just self-acknowledge a lot. You know, I love self-acknowledging when I'm changing, when I'm doing certain things, when I'm adapting well, when I take a situation and I'm not acting impulsive in that situation. But it's also nice to hear it from somebody else when they're like, you know what, oh, Marie, I'm really I'm really feeling what you're doing. I see that you started the podcast back up. I know that you went solo, but you've been consistent, you know. So it's just nice hearing it. It's key. It is key. Like I, I don't start listening to all this future because I need to self acknowledge that hey I'm that bull stop being you know worry about other shit you good you right you got this no matter what the bullshit is man absolutely well you guys this was a really good episode I feel like I got a lot of shit off my chest I feel like you guys have definitely walked away and gained some shit from this. And if y'all didn't, listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, run it back. Because Shaq was over here dropping gems, you feel me? Especially for the guys. It's always nice to have a male's perspective on certain things, especially when it comes to mental health. So, you know, as always, I always appreciate y'all listening. Shaq, I want to thank you so much for coming out. I really appreciate you. Appreciate you for having me. I'm been listening long enough finally we, got on here <laughs> yeah we definitely need you on another episode you know sometimes i'll be running guests back for different uh topics i'm here for it but um i'm definitely glad that you was on here for this one especially because a lot of men don't really open up about you know what they're feeling and stuff like that we don't laugh more on the next one this one was uh not necessarily sad but we had to this was necessary we yes. had to talk about it yeah we did we had to get serious with y'all i've been telling y'all that i was going to do a whole episode on and, just and it's seasonal 
it's seasonal depression coming right now, so y'all yeah. better listen to this back in November when it, when y'all having them yes. bad days. Bring this episode back. December, when y'all feel like y'all supposed to be hugged up with somebody and y'all not, I've definitely been there before. That shit will definitely kill you. It's something like this small, but it fuck with your mental, I'm trying to tell you. So run this shit the fuck back when you feeling like you having a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, a bad year. Moment. Shit, a moment. Two seconds. Run it back. And know that everything is going to be okay, and it's perfectly fine for you to feel whatever the fuck you're going through. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> That's the theme of the day. Yep, it is what it is. Growth, happiness, love, gratefulness, success, gratefulness, all that shit. Give me all that shit. Thank you guys for listening, and make sure y'all share this shit with y'all friends and y'all family members and them niggas out in Nicaragua. Thank you for listening, because I'll be keeping up with the stats. And in the United Kingdom and France and all that shit. Thank y'all for supporting me. And I will catch y'all on another episode next week. Definitely gonna spit some bars to this one day. Don't write something. One day. <laughs>